Whether it's for work or play, we rely on home internet so much these days. Being connected and staying connected has never been more important. So if you want reliable internet bought you at speed, switch to Aussie Broadband. It only takes a few minutes to sign up and their 100% Australian-based support team are ready to help. Aussie Broadband, the actual Aussie way. Find out more at aussiebroadband.com.au. T's and C's apply. Thousands of Aussies trust Aussie Broadband to keep them connected to the world, even when they're on the go. Because as well as reliable home internet, Aussie Broadband also offers flexible mobile plans with super generous data allowances and no locking contracts. Their 100% Australian-based support team are ready to help you make the switch. It only takes a few minutes. Aussie Broadband, the actual Aussie way. Search Aussie Broadband Mobile to find out more. T's and C's apply. This week on the show, I'm incredibly excited to bring a Dylan Friends first with our inaugural musical guest. Talanova. Talanova is a fresh-faced but widely experienced new Melbourne-based supergroup. The band features trio Angeline Armstrong, Ed Quinn and Josh Moriarty. Talanova's trio all have diverse artistic backgrounds. Ange is a superstar film director, Ed was one half of Slum Social and Josh is a lead singer of Miami Horror. I was so keen on getting Talanova in for two reasons. I wanted to learn more about the music industry from a band with vast experience yet starting from scratch. And two, they are unbelievably talented. I wanted to be the first on the bandwagon early. So one day soon when they're blown up, travelling worldwide, you can say you heard it first on Dylan Friends. Here's a little taste of what's to come from their debut single, Bones. I absolutely love toasting Talanova and love the conversation we got to share about what the music industry is really like, how creative minds collaborate together and how Josh ended up in Robert Patterson's Spa in LA. The team even delivered a Dylan Friends exclusive live rendition of their new track, Comedian, to close things out. Cannot thank Ange, Ed, Josh enough for joining me and I hope you enjoy this Dylan Friends first with my new friends, Talanova. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Welcome to the Dylan Friends podcast. Many ways I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. Tears. 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 Strength. I'm like, I run. She's like, yeah. everyone runs. I'm like, but does everyone go to the Olympics? <laughs> They're sitting there meditating, going, oh my God, I think I'm meditating. How can this is for meditating? It's like, <laughs> we had a Wu Tang call. I was like, yo, Dylan, thanks for getting us in. Just love it's it. knuckle puck time. Yeah. It's like, it's like <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Hi. Hey. How does that sound? Sometimes when I listen back to my voice, yeah, yeah, I sound I like mean. a little mouse and I Chim-chim. don't want to sound like okay, a mouse. Okay, you don't want to sound <laughs> Do you use these? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. all the time. Yeah. The Yeah, great mic. The SM7B. Yeah. standard. <laughs> really are, eh? They yeah. are industry Do you know the story of the SM7B? Please start it. Uh, it. Word got around that Michael Jackson recorded Thriller with one. No. Yeah, and then everyone started buying them. Is that true? Uh, yeah, about 10, 15, uh, maybe about 10 years ago. But right. whether it's true or not, we don't know. He might have sung half of a song on one. and then But that just became their marketing ploy. And then everyone bought them. And then once everyone had bought them, then everyone learned how to mix them properly. So then they just became the thing that everyone had. And then you went to everyone's studio and they had one. So you're like, oh, should I guess I've got to get an SM7B. And now uh, this is just the mic. Well, that is unbelievable. That's not the reason I have them. I literally, from the same as podcasting world, probably the Michael Jackson equivalent, Joe Rogan. Yeah. So if you want to be SM7B, but he'd have it because it trickled through to walk from him. Like everyone just got them. That's they became the microphone. I wonder if that's a thing that like Shaw have actually planned or not. Well, does Talanova use Shaw SM7B? Yeah. 
If we're not all fucking sponsored by Shaw I know, we could this, use this a few more. Joke. We could take a few more, yeah. <laughs> I don't reckon they're getting that up, though, because everyone just buys them now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys and girls, uh, this is an absolute pleasure. It's a treat and it's a privilege to have you in the studio today. Dylan Friends, this is a first off music edition. And Jed Josh from Talanova. Welcome to the podcast. And we'll start with you. It's a pleasure to have you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Ed. Uh, yeah, and summed it up. <laughs> Ed was the earliest. Then I was 10 minutes late. And, uh, you were 40 minutes late, weren't you? And, I called Luke on the way and I was like, I'm so stressed. I'm so late. And he was like, they are going to roast you on the podcast for being so late. Please don't feel bad because I had, we we're chatting off air before, I had a bad morning this morning. I was so excited driving in this morning. The You know, we had this booked in with Sam and... 11 o'clock, that was the time I thought we were, we were here. <laughs> Driving in, I'm listening to Bones in the car and, and Tranquilize and we're, we're sitting through and it's just in my ears. I'm, I'm just loving it. And <laughs> Sam calls me and says, um, man, where are you? I'm like, I'm just in traffic actually, just on Hoddle Street. It's fucking pissing down this morning. It's raining. Goes, they're, um, they're at the studio. <laughs> and I was like, well, fuck, I'm about an hour away. And I literally wanted to die. Whoopsie. I literally sank into my seat and, and wanted to die. It's so, a shame we only have two songs for you to listen to. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know. An album or two you could have got through the back catalogue. Well, that was when the phone hung up from Sam. It actually cut back in. It was like, call me dramatic. And I was just like like rain coming down the window, nearly crying. Because I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to listen to Telling Over Again without them hating me. Um, but, yeah, honestly, guys, thanks so much for – for coming in. There's two things that Sam loves in Australia and in the world. I'm not sure if you follow footy, but one's North Melbourne. <laughs> Do you follow football? I like North Melbourne, the suburb. Okay, that's good. Do you guys follow footy at all? Nah. Good, good. <laughs> yeah, sort this, of. Sort good. Of, yeah. Okay, well, I'll set the tone for this uh, context the kang- then. Kangaroos is North The Kangaroos. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Zealand. wait. Oh. The Kangaroos is the one AFL, like, they're the one team I've ever seen play. Uh, fantastic. Like, at the well, stadium. Sam loves them. Just an intro club. Just an intro club. Sam loves him and he has been on me for the last 10 years being like, mate, they're they're coming this year. They're going to be fantastic. They're so good. This is an up-and-coming team. They're the best. They're the worst team in the AFL by far. Okay? (laughs) The second thing he loves more than North Melbourne is Talanova. So he said to me, when he said to me, Dylan, there's this band. They're incredible. They're the next big thing. They're going to be so good. I was like, fuck, this could be bad. Okay. (laughs) We we ended ended up um, for my birthday, he actually bought me tickets to the show. And obviously through, um, I said before, I legally had saw some of your music through, through Sam. Apologies about that. <laughs> and we were, Bootlegged. we were, <laughs> we were there. We had a few beers, which was great. And we went to Northcote Social Club and I oh, saw you sure. perform and honestly, unbelievable. You Thank guys you. were incredible. That was one of your first or second shows I think you'd played live. The Northcote one or Northcote the Social one? Yeah, it was, it was probably like fifth or something. Okay. Yeah, it's still pretty As early a band. Days, yeah. For sure. Yeah. That one was good. So it's pretty cool to say that I was on early. Yeah, you're on early for sure. Still Absolutely. early. Yeah. Still, in. still very early. <laughs> early. Yeah. yeah, very early. Um, please tell me, guys, how did Talent Overcome about? And just start with you because you've all got such incredible backgrounds. Like I – will precursor this in saying music industry for dummies here. I don't understand like how bands form. You've all been in you know really successful bands prior to this as well and you're a director. Yeah. How does yeah, how does director. this work? 
<laughs> how does directing work? How does music work? Like how does it all life. work? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm always juggling multiple things, I suppose. I mean, I tried, I kept trying to stop doing music because mum was like, I'd always be like, I'm so stressed. And she's like, well, it's because you're pursuing like three really difficult careers all at the same time. And I just feel like every time I was like, cool, all right, well, music's just got to go because mum and dad both taught me that music doesn't make any money. And, I, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, it, yeah, I guess I just kept meeting musicians in the last sort of 10 years where they'd, yeah, I sort of just went through various iterations of kind of solo projects and little bands with friends. But um, I guess I never had the opportunity to really be in a band with people where the, the kind of creative chemistry was right and also those people like kind of wanted it as badly as I did. Um, it was usually just, yeah, just mates kind of having fun. And so we we were all just at a songwriting camp like a couple of years ago or a year and a half ago. And basically what happens there is there's like 20 musicians and producers that all get selected from um, mainly Victoria. It was mainly Victoria but also internationally. And then you just get thrown in a room with like three people every day, mostly people you've never met, and you just have to write a song together. Um, yeah, which is pretty crazy. So we were thrown into a room. Is this a co- sorry, is this a common thing? A, a songwriting cat? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they definitely exist all over the place. This one's run by the... Australasian Performing Rights Association. Apra <laughs> Amcos. This is like legitness. This yeah. yeah. Well, it was, so it was curated by Chris Waller, who's like Death Cab for Cutie in Death Cab love Cutie. Was them. in Death Cab yes. Yeah, love them also. So I was like, oh, my gosh, he chose me to be part of this thing. How exciting. So, yeah, we were thrown in a room together. First time we'd ever met. We wrote Tranquilize um, and we all really liked the song. And then we just kept hanging out for so a So you three actually got put in a room together? Yeah. And, yeah. and you didn't know each other before that? No. 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 I actually, yeah, I didn't actually realise that Josh was from Miami Horror until like maybe two months after. Until you told us by <laughs> the second <laughs> we walked in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wait, why is this famous person in a band with me? So um, Yeah. So, yeah, it sort of just happened very organically, which is pretty rare, I yeah. think. Um, yeah. Ed, what's your musical history, I suppose, back? You were slum sociable before? before yeah. So that that kind of ran its course, I suppose, maybe. I mean, just this year, I suppose we, um, we called that off and Talent Over had kind of been building. So similar, I guess, mindset to Ange in that it was, it was good to be part of something new where everyone was really enthusiastic, I suppose, <laughs> and like – it was really refreshing to be like with these two individuals, you know, it's rock God, like Joshua Moriarty from Miami Horror. <laughs> Man, I'm He's feeling it here too. Yeah, too, I know. I know. <laughs> the scarf is just, it's praise. powerful. <laughs> yeah. Keep it coming. So telling over, like, I think I introduced us to Caliber Management, who are our management now yep. and who are doing a great job. And they were really enthusiastic and they've got like this huge team. So we just kind of got swept up in, mm. in their enthusiasm, I think, at the start. Um, so yeah, it's been going really well and like, yeah, I I think it's all, all like, even though we've been in the music industry for quite a while, we've all had very different experiences and this is seemingly like pretty unique for us, I suppose, individually being part of this like huge team of people who are working for us. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's, there's three of us in the band, but it just feels like, I mean, we progressed to just like calibers, like a team of five people. And so suddenly we just had five people like working alongside us and then signing the label deal. 
Yeah. Honestly, it feels like one of those journeys where it's like, that's not how the music industry yeah. works. You don't just write a song with some people in a room and then suddenly like someone wants to sign you. It's not how it works. But, and she, yeah. you, True. There were yeah. 10, <laughs> 10 years of nobody paying any attention. I think that's the part that you're skipping. There's yeah. definitely yeah. been some working yeah. towards this, which has been huge. Josh, yourself, mate, we've touched on it, but Miami Horror, huge, huge band. I said to Sam coming oh, in. No, no, honestly, I sure. like iconic. I, I said to, to Sam coming in, um, sometimes – <laughs> was like the song of me dancing on like you know, like a 15th, 16th, 17th birthday party, just smelling of links, just like sweating, <laughs> just like Lynx that. Africa? Links Africa, I think. Yeah. Like for that, thank you. My pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> is that a compliment? I hope yeah, that that's a compliment. No, it honestly is a compliment. Absolutely. Like, yeah. We so, still haven't reached those lofty heights again. Ten well, years you, ago was our yeah. moment. <laughs> in Australia, actually, that's not true. We're way bigger uh, in Mexico and like other places around the world. Really? Yeah. That's where it happens now. Yeah, wow. Australia is sort of – you get a bit of a golden run in Australia. It's mm. like a re- you get a record maybe where Triple J or whatever will support you and then you're sort of left to – um, fend for yourself. So we took off, went to LA, and then have just been doing stuff mainly in that part of the world. I'm Lou. We come back, and every time we come back to Australia, the audiences get a little smaller <laughs> and they get bigger everywhere yeah. we go. But it's sort of, yeah, it's been funny like that. So, just on this as well, like again, as I said, some of these questions will be very simple today. But you were saying before you were with Slum Sociable and yep. then you sort of transitioned into Talanova. Yeah. Miami Horror, you're still with Miami Horror, but you're yes. in Talanova as well. So going. you can actually be in more than one band at one time. I didn't know that as someone who like loves bands. It's Sam's a, laughing. But I don't think that's common knowledge to the average punter. It's yeah, like a tricky, yeah. definitely sometimes. But I think Miami sometimes. Horror isn't it's like <laughs> <laughs> It must be sort of 12 years into Miami Horror now. Yeah. So in the early stages, it would be impossible. But the fact that Miami Horror now is established enough, you can book a tour. You just need to do a tour maybe once every two years or something, schedule it out, and then there's time to be writing. But with Talanova, we sort of need to all be available as much as possible at this point to, to break the band. Gotcha. But once a band's already established, you can start to do other things, I think. Makes complete sense. Early days of a band, okay? You guys, have, as you said, about to release an EP coming up shortly. How do you actually, like, establish what your noise is, what your sound is, who you're going after? Like, do you actually, like, break it down and be like, all right, this is our audience, this is, like, what we want to achieve? Or do you go, like, this is who we are, this is our strengths, let's just play to it? Probably the, probably the latter with us, right? Like, I think we just – because the first time we wrote together was just like completely open-ended, there's no purpose for this song existing. It's just like write something that you like. And then the music that we wrote after that all sort of had a similar sound. We actually, yeah, we never sort of sat down and was like, what's our sound going to be? Yeah. Or we'd, yeah, it was just there from day one, which is probably why we all wanted to keep writing together. Yeah, and then in terms of determining like marketing and audience and that sort of stuff, I mean, from my film background and I did a media and communications degree, so like so often that's in my head in terms of like what I want the aesthetic and like the branding to look like, but you also never know. Like, yeah, I guess I'm just like people that like the same stuff as, as me yeah. <laughs> probably going to like it. I think the thing quite lucky because the music's not horrible to listen to. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's not offensive. <laughs> yeah. But you can't ever, you don't really have that much control over that. Yeah. We just got lucky that this combination of people, us three, makes music that 
we think sounds very lovely and other people do yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> Plenty of yeah. people have tried. Yeah. But sometimes you just can't get it and you might be all doing the best you can but it just won't resonate. But I think we're just lucky that it's resonating because it resonates with us as well. But yeah. then our parents will like it and then you yeah. find younger people will be messaging you, male, female, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's sort of crossing to everyone because it's just nice. I'm yeah. Saying. I've had like – so I've got a brother who's in high school and he told me like the other night, he's like, I have all these kids coming up to school, like up to me at school that I don't know, being like your sister's band is so sick. I was like, awesome. Good to know that we're getting the teenage market yeah. because all our YouTube comments are like, my my son told me to listen to this. I love it. Or like, I'm 60, by the way, so I've lived a long time. They love putting their age in the comments. And, I mean, even our, our photographer the other day that, that took our recent press shots was like, my three-year-old son, like we were driving in Queensland and he was like, like it came on the radio and he was like, Dada, I love this song. I've heard this one before. Like, turn it up. So, yeah, that's great. From age three to 60 so far, that's our market. <laughs> and what, like, it's funny, like, now, because so many genres are, like, merged into, like, six different things. What would you say to the person, the average punter that hasn't listened to Telenova yet, which they will um, shortly, what would you say that? We figured this out, yeah, didn't we? Yeah, I like we this. We spent a bit of time. <laughs> it was 60s trip hop. Yeah, like I can't say I've yeah sixties cores <laughs> with nineties sort of trip hop R and B beats. Yeah, I, I would that. have said Massive Attack, the nineties English <laughs> thing. They're all yeah. really obscure. Yeah, that's Are not they? the average punter, is it? Yeah, I guess so. Huh? Nineties <laughs> English beats, maybe with yeah. some sixties Beatles chords. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Indie pop, R and B, alternative. I don't. It's been yeah. called like almost every genre by. Is there one genre well. that just like offends you when people say this is like this is this? Mm, not really. Nah. There's genres that do offend me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly jazz. Really? What I, jazz offends? Yeah. Oh, I like jazz. I'd jazz like it now. if someone was like, "Can you really hear the jazz influences <laughs> in your music?" Yeah. No. <laughs> I love Miles Davis and stuff, but man, yeah, I just it came on like, the other brr, every brr, time. Brr, I, yeah, brr, every brr, time brr, I hear brr, it, brr, and they're going, brr, 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 brr. <laughs> "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> <laughs> Drives me mad. You you like jazz, don't you? Well, you pretend now that Josh. I mean, I pretend to understand it, but like, yeah, now that you say it, it's annoying. Yeah, you know what? It really is. Now that you say it, same. Yeah, I hate it. Something that's evident there is creative differences. Like you're all individuals. You've all got like your strengths, different bands, different upbringings, different, you know, everything. How does it work? I can imagine, you know, I've played in sports teams before when you've got people that are just, you know, different points of views on different things. And with a song, when you're creating a song, an EP or an album, you can only have really one outcome on how that ends. Yeah. How do you get to the bottom of it if you've got differing views on a way a song should go or sound or lyric should be? Um, if I just find three people, mm. there's always a majority will win because two will always vote against the one. So yeah. everything actually moves really quickly. Yeah. Is it as easy as that though? Like, is I, it- I've found it in any yeah. three person yeah. groups that I've been in. It's usually, usually with everything we do, if one person likes it and the other two are like, nah. Yeah. And then just, that's, we just it's move just on. done then you just move on to the next thing. I think what also helps is that as we all – well, I definitely respect you too. I think you respect me. <laughs> we, we all respect each other as musicians and artists that it's like, yeah, if Josh and Ed are like, nah, that's a really bad idea. Let's not do that. I'm kind of like, yeah, I trust you guys. Let's move on. Yeah. Sometimes we do occasionally push back. Like you've got to, if you really believe in an idea, but I don't know. We just don't spend a lot of time like talking on the 
philosophy of why this note yeah. should be played in mm. the riff. Like I think earlier on in our careers, like you feel like you need to be heard and maybe you would have struggled more in that realm. But now it's like. Trying to fight against two peoples. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's tough. tough. It's, tough yeah. well. it's exhausting. Yeah. 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 And if they're both staunching you out, yeah. you yeah. just got to back down. Oh, yeah. So, I've yeah. just found that exhausting from previous experiences as well, um, like other acts or projects I've been in where it's like you don't want to be having like a five-hour phone call or like super long emails going back and forth because like there's you can't like decide on the colour of the background of the photo yeah. shoot. Like it's just draining and yeah. then you don't want to make art together. So, you know. Ed um, and I also stay out of all of the artistic sort of like direction. Like the, the visual stuff. Yeah, yeah, Ange's in charge of all of that. We, Not that we don't care. We just trust Ange. Too, yeah. But yeah. It's made it very yeah. easy. It's so easy. Yeah. And yeah. I've been to a show, as I said, and it is a fantastic uh, <laughs> setup. So you're doing a great job. Look, like this is really back to what you're saying, but I'm still rattled about this. Like move that you were late. That, no, no, that <laughs> is still a little. No, no, I'm I'm still sweating about that. So I appreciate you keep bringing it up and, and just just do it whenever you feel. Yeah. But you were a director, yes. okay? So you're in film, you're doing these things, and I'm not just saying this, but like you have a, the voice of an angel, as what is it? Thank will Ferrell would so say it's it's a mix of Fergie Angel-y. and Jesus, ladies. <laughs> fucking, it is sensational. And I'm like, honestly, Sam would say we sit back and go, "Fuck, this is incredible." Especially, I, I honestly feel like it's better like live as mm. well. Like, do you have to go and watch? But how were you a direct? Like, how were you not singing the whole time? Like, was it like yeah. a confidence thing? Because this is why I respect you guys so much. Because for me, like for so long, this doing podcasting, I was nervous to even talk and interview people. But like putting yourself up, singing on stage, playing an instrument of something you're passionate about, you've created, that is like one of the hardest things in the world to do. Mm, yeah. So I guess as, as I sort of mentioned before, it's like I have been singing on stage for yeah. 10 years, just nobody knew I was doing it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like in high school I was in a little band and we'd play at school assemblies and the, the local library. Um, and then, yeah, I, I've been in a couple of bands with friends that kind of just did Melbourne kind of local. So I have, yeah, I have been performing for a long time um, and I did musical theatre in high school and stuff like that. So, yeah, even while I was directing, like music was always at, at least a hobby um I just kind of swung between how much I was pursuing it as like a vocation yeah yeah like the reason I ask this is because people ask me this all the time they're like podcasting what do you mean you do this for a job like how how is that feasible how are you like making money out of this how are you doing it and the answer is like well one you don't get into podcasting and I'm assuming music to make (laughs) like money straight away you know you're doing it for passion you're doing it because you think you can have a bigger purpose but how is the music industry like how do you make money out of that in terms of the when you, you know, become really successful? Is it by streams? Is it by touring? Is it by like, you know, mer- like what is the main ways of becoming successful, I suppose? It's kind of all of those really. Yeah. yeah. Probably not streaming though, right? It's yeah. probably merch and touring. Yeah. Streaming's only if you're getting big. So yeah. buy our merch buy and our come merch. to us. Yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Definitely. We will have that in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, because the, what's the figure they reckon for every million plays you get, on Spotify, it's five thousand US. Yeah, dollars. Or and that goes back to for paying, every million. Yeah, paying my think, advance. So that would have to be split between the yeah. three of us, and then your record label takes like a certain amount before yeah. they're paid back. So it just ends up being a pittance. So you really need to be making, yeah, getting hundreds of millions of streams before you're actually seeing anything. Because then, if you are, then it's also going to be on YouTube. It's like similar figure yeah. on YouTube, a million's like five thousand US dollars as well. Oh. So there's not a lot 
there. <laughs> it really is just, yeah, having to play shows. Yeah. That's how with Miami Horror I've made the most of the money was through live shows definitely. Yeah. And and again, like when we talked about before management, signing these deals and stuff, how does that actually work? Like when you get signed, do you sign like a deal and then they say, okay, go away, make music. And then as you know before, like you've had this EP for a while ready to go. And then do they decide when you can drop it? Or like is there – do they let you decide what, what your roles are with it? Like how does that work? Yeah, I guess it just it depends on the deal, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Depends on your management and the – so, I mean, there's management and there's labels. Right. So your management, um, which is Calibre, um, who were the first to kind of come on board the project, they're really like day-to-day sort of like what's the vision of the project kind of – I mean, they often help you get a record deal because yep. they're kind of on, on side. They're on your team. But, yeah, I mean, in the case of our management, it's very collaborative. Like they'll definitely have ideas of like we think these songs are the strongest or we think this is a good time to put this song out. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of discussions with the band about what do you guys reckon and how, what are you feeling. So, I don't know, it's all very nice really. No but one's I, really I, telling I, me I, what to do at the moment. No, yeah. our deal was small and we yeah. had already paid for the recordings ourselves. Yes. We got yeah. a little bit of funding. I oh, know we played a couple of gigs early on and that sort of and then put a bit of money in ourselves. So we own our yeah. own music. But yeah. the bigger you get, the bigger the deal, the label owns more of it. They will give they'll say, right, here's fifty grand, go away for this amount of time, yeah. record it. And then they will have more say on what they think the single is yep. when it's going to be released and you lose more control. The more money you get, the less control yeah. you yeah. sort of have. Because really. so there was a I, – I, look, I'm, I'm sure you guys will know this story a lot better than me, but I, I think it's famous in like the music industry of like Frank Ocean when he did that album. Do you know what we're talking about here? Channel Orange. Yeah, so what – I don't we, know the story, no. What? So there, I think there's a story you might be able to tell uh, this from uh, me. I think it was the two albums after that, It right? was the one before it or after oh, it. So okay, yeah. like basically he was in a bad deal where they yep. were going to take a lot of the money from it. So he put out a couple albums before yep. until he was released and then released his like, good one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because it's so hard, like when you sign deals, some bands would get into deals that aren't favourable. And I think a lot of people in the public wouldn't know how hard it is for artists to get good deals in industries. Yeah. Yes, the thing in the like in the nineties, they would put out the remix record and the greatest hits record, and <laughs> yeah. that would just get you out of your deal. Say you've done three records and you're on a five album deal and you want out, it's like right, cool, let's do the B side or like the A sides album and just put all your hit singles out. And you'd always be like, what the fuck is Radiohead putting a hits record out for? Yeah. Oh, they just want out of their deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or what's the live? Why have they put a live album out? Yeah. Just to get out of your deal. So that was kind of people's way right around it yeah makes sense taking to the next step i suppose we're saying now telling our early band ep's coming out what date <laughs> oh. july sometime july sometime mm-hmm. yeah sure mm. so th- what's this th- is that because uh, uh, is that on to us creative telenova or is that oh okay that's our no, creative no, no, differences no. is it no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> spreading lies yeah because uh, we're pushing it back because of radio and yeah things. well bo- our because so- bones are supposed to just be like a soft release yeah. which is where you sort of just put it out there and it's sort of like preparing for the next single but yep. it's been doing quite well and gaining traction and I mean there's even like there are a few radio stations overseas that have started playing it so we kind of you adjust your timeline to to let that track sort of live a yeah. bit longer before um, distracting everyone with all your other hits. Um, no, so. well, Sam was saying Bones was the 13th streamed, 12th stream song on Triple J recently. Yeah. Uh, in, yeah. yeah. They've been very, very lovely to us. Which yeah. Is very appreciative. We do love Triple yeah. J. Yeah. yeah. That's huge. But yeah. obviously, like, they're not playing it because it's uh, for, for 
fun. They're playing it because people no, are enjoying yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think they like it and people have been yeah. responding to I it. I think like it's also the AMRAP charts, which is just like what like all the radio stations around Australia and what songs they download. Like we've been in the top ten for that just since we've released yeah. it and like lots of Shazams, which – I think for me is like that's awesome because that's like well when I show Amazon it's oh you like, you what want is it. this yeah. I want to know what this is whereas yeah. for me it's usually the opposite oh yeah true yeah. Well, oh you're sometimes. like what the fuck is this <laughs> this is awful I need to know oh is Mumford and Sons <laughs> <laughs> Mumford and Sons I do like you for I know I like them too. Josh loves bragging <laughs> <laughs> you um Josh Mumford and Sons just on this by the way have you seen that they have released a NFT. Do you know much about NFTs? Mm, no, we know about we a little bit about, about NFTs. I don't know anything about it. You guys were trying to tell me the other day. I don't. Know I, I'm it. telling you, telling over need to get an NFT. Yeah, we're going to yeah. seriously. Go we're going to get. We're what put, do you I don't know how. I don't know if the lingo around it. We're going to put one out. We're going to have one. We're so going to get thinking, one. I don't like, know what yeah. it is. So, so NFT, it's a uh, non fungible token. And it's like basically Makes sense now. Yeah, totally. Basically, yeah, it's it's all this weird shit. Yeah. I still don't even understand it, to be honest. Fungible's either. not a real word. No, neither. <laughs> but I'm ninety nine percent sure. No, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it, it is. is. That is yeah. what it is. Yeah. But I've known like um I think Flume's done an NFT at the yeah. moment. Um whether it's like you said, you're the director. You could do like an awesome piece of telling over artwork yeah. or you could do like a little snippet of a song that X amount of people get. That gets currency, trade, 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 and then every trade that gets, it actually comes back to you as well. So you so we're gonna own make, it. This is for us to make money? Hopefully. Yes. Oh, cool. That's what our, our management. Yeah. 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 Bowie so. on our management team, he's right. like all about it. He was yeah. educating yeah, me. <laughs> but Yeah, but I, well, we call him Bowie. Yeah, it's Bowie, yeah. 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 <laughs> so I've never had a management team so efficient and spread. They, they've all got such unique skills. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's usually just been one manager, right? With yeah. Slum, you just have one. With, yeah. with Miami Horror, there's just one yeah. guy. And they've been great, but <laughs> yeah. it's just this, is, it's like oh, yeah. a whole management yeah. Team. team. It's nice to feel cared about. It is, and I like they genuinely really care about the music, mm. which is like. Yeah, which is really nice. We make sure we be not really nice back too. <laughs> yeah, because we really care about them. Yeah, so good, so do I. Healthy as well. Um, you know, apologies to them about this morning. Um, <laughs> that, that was my fault. My question before was: You've obviously been to like Miami are a really successful, successful brand, brand and band. <laughs> what do you feel separates? Not separates. What do you feel Talonova is? got to do to get to that next level on that journey like can you see correlations in the same We're pathway fine. we'll be totally fine yeah i was talking to a friend a friend of mine's manager in la about it he's like a big shot manager he dude <laughs> um but he was just yeah. saying it's impossible to get as a manager really it's really difficult to get a band from a to b but to get a band from b to c to d to e, whatever is mm. easy like once you've already got your start and think the momentum's happening, then all you got to do is just not muck it up. Just keep turning up, keep putting music out consistently. Be, um, I don't know, just do your job. But that first step of just getting people to actually start to listen and yeah. pay attention, yeah. which is already happening for us now. And I've had so many other bands <laughs> that aren't Miami Horror and other projects I've been in where that's just never happened. Yeah, And they just want, no matter how hard you push or try, just people don't <laughs> care. It just, it just doesn't doesn't turn into that next step. So I think we'll be fine. I think we're all dedicated enough. Put a record out every two years, play as many shows as you can, do yeah. everything you need to and should be fine. Is there like a massive milestone, I suppose, in terms of a band when, you, when you're creating it? As I said, like you're releasing your EP soon. 
What's like the next steps, I suppose? Is there goals that you want to hit? Is it is it touring? Is it just releasing more good music? I know, as you said before, like you want people to be listening and streaming, but is there certain like KPIs you think you need to hit? <laughs> KPIs? Yeah, you like that word? <laughs> I like that word. Sounds good. Uh, that you need to hit to sort of keep tri- like on the same trajectory? Um, I mean, I think like after an EP, we're, we're writing, well, we've kind of finished writing the album. We've just got to record it. I, yeah, I don't know. I like sure, doing a, an international tour is sick, but yeah, well, we want to do all yeah. of those things. I think more, it's like keep making sure the record that we do keep the music consistently coming out. Yeah, make sure it sounds great, and we're all really <laughs> proud of it the whole time. Yeah, and then I think all the tours and stuff that will come stuff just and comes. We'll just yeah. make sure we do it and yeah. do them properly and build it, make the light show bigger, the show bigger, just yeah. everything. I think, bigger and better. Yeah, you kind of have to keep an eye on how things are moving organically. Like yep. I don't think you can just set like, a, all right, end of 2022, we're going to do a massive tour around Europe and we're going to play to, you know, 10 million people. It's like you just can't plan for that really. You can have, I guess, things that you know you want to do, but you've sort of just got to do it when it's the right time. Yeah. Being an artist as well, and this is something that I'm so intrigued about, people would always ask me this when I played footy and even now, like what does a day-to-day look like? Like, do you set yourself structures and be like, all right, today we're doing recording next, you know, tomorrow is our songwriting day. This is our day when we're planning our tours or how does it work? Like, do you, do you stick to a structure or is it? We, we try to, eh? Yeah. We're, we're pretty good like that actually. Yeah. I mean, as a full band, it's basically we're either writing new songs in the studio, we're recording songs to be released, so like kind of the polished versions or we're rehearsing for a show. That's probably the three main or, or we're having like a two-hour meeting with our management. Yeah, um, yeah. But in terms of sort of the the nitty-gritty of like working out tour dates and all that sort of stuff, like our management does that, which is amazing. Uh, I mean, that's normal, but for me, I'm like <laughs> <laughs> the last 10 years I was doing everything everything myself. So it's, yeah, it's very nice. Um, and then with all like the visual stuff, that's usually like me and, yeah, people on our team or whichever kind of artists or designers that we're collaborating with sort of, Talking about that other days of the week. All right. We've hit all the business side of things that I feel. Um, It's time to let the hair down per se because I've seen you live and the first thing that Ed said to me after he came on stage sweating profusely. (laughs) He doesn't sweat. He was just just like looking at me. He had no idea, you know, what I was doing. He said, can you get me a beer, man? (laughs) I think he just thought that I was like someone that was working. Like I did. I just, I got him a beer. I'm still confused as to what you do now. Yeah, no, like neither. I just rock up late to things. That's what I do. I I was actually early to that show, funnily enough. So talk us through like what it's like to be in a band. For me, I get goosebumps thinking about this. In my next life, I want to be Josh. I want to be Ange. I want to be Ed. In my next life, I want to be a professional cricket player. I didn't play cricket, but I, I could if I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't do it. I'm telling you, you've got, you got a cool life. Okay. What's it like? This is probably something for me that is most exciting. Is like, What's it like being on stage and actually having people like be in Juiced in your music, like singing it back to you mm. at some stage. Like that has got to be one of the, the best feelings I can imagine. Yes. I've done most of the feelings in life. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that one is probably the best. 
swallowed the feelings. <laughs> sex with the feelings. I've drunk the feelings. I never injected them. Yeah. Um, I imagine that's pretty good. I've but heard good things. Of, yeah. I mean, most of the things you can do. You're so like refined and composed, and then you just say. That's what I was saying. I was like, I just don't know where this is going. <laughs> you, you never know. I think it's my favourite thing to do. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 And biggest moments, I per se, like if you've got one that stands out in your career, um, I'd love to go around and, and, you know, if there's one that you can all mention being like, it might be with Talanova, might have been with Slum, might have been with Miami. Like, is there been a moment where you've been like, fuck, this is the peak of, this is why I do what I do? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Some Miami horror festivals in South America, the best. Is there one, per, one for example, where yeah, in South America? Yeah, there's one we played just before Calvin Harris. And this, like, <laughs> the yeah. energy would have been Oh, huge. it was mental. It was 10,000 people yeah. or something. And also setting up was taking ages and everyone in the band was kind of, it was really Panicking. slow. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. So then I got just like super fired up. Like, fuck. <laughs> and then when they pressed the start button, I just was, yeah, I thought I was Freddie Mercury. <laughs> <That's unbelievable. laughs> it was so good. <laughs> and, I, wanna, um, I can't wait to like, Go see a massive Miami horror I know. show. It's just in like nonstop laughter. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> and Ed will have such a good time. Yeah, <laughs> mine was probably probably playing Splendor with Slum just after we'd released our like debut EP. Yeah, kind of similar feeling, but on maybe a smaller scale. <laughs> you know, it still would have been a big show. Yeah, yeah. So, but it was also kind of like and a lot of people there that excited about you, right? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was a sick show. That was actually really cool because Splendor was like something I'd been to when I was like eighteen and nineteen, mm. and, and like the Strokes were on that bill. So it's like, oh wow. But then when you, I feel like sometimes when you get that, you're like, ah, all right. If well, if someone like me can do that, it mustn't have been that <laughs> difficult in the first place. <laughs> so now, like, I don't know. I sometimes I do stuff that I would have thought was really cool when I was coming up, and now I'm like, ah. All right, I got to find something else the to next. look forward to. You but that's know? the thing, isn't it? Like yeah. you, you sort of like you have a goal, you hit it, then you're like, all right, sweet, what's next? Yeah, you know, it's yeah, like, totally. What's what's yeah. what's to go to? So um, yeah. it's good. And yeah. yourself. Well, I mean, I'm like such a little baby in the van. It's you know, it's so. I'm like, whoa, splendor. Whoa, yeah. 10, this is people. so funny for me to, to see because, like, when I saw you on, and I'm this is getting weird how much I'm pumping up, but I, I thought I was like. It's fucking shit. Like, what the hell? Like, you had, you had, you actually have like this presence on stage. It's just like, (laughs) it's just like, wow. It's just because I'm wearing a suit. Yeah. So you got to, don't talk yourself down. No, no, no. Pumping up. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, on that, I think it's a funny, I don't know, the way we put people on pedestals in the music industry or like actors and stuff. And it's like, I truly believe that there are, like brilliant artists and musicians that you'll just never hear about. Mm. Like there is definitely, like you do have to work really, really hard, definitely. And you have to be like naturally gifted and stuff. But there's also like a third thing that just needs to line up with kind of timing and opportunities. And so, yeah, I feel very, very lucky that that kind of timing is lined up for me. But yeah, in terms of like milestone experiences, honestly, like, I mean, I was walking down high street last night and I heard like a song and I was like, oh, oh this sounds really familiar. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, it's me. It was just like playing <laughs> really? in a bar. Yeah. Yeah. And then like I got in the car and I was on Triple J as well. And I was like, oh, cool. People are listening to my music. Like, honestly, that's huge for me. Cause like I said, there's a long time where I was like, I mean, my high school friends are listening, but I don't think anyone else knows this exists. Yeah. So. I don't, I don't think we take any of that for granted. Even though like totally. we kind of yeah. had you know success no, with always, our stuff, it's always and special. there's yeah, there's always sure. like 
there is always a crew of people who are working probably harder than you are <laughs> yeah. to make sure that it's heard. So yeah. like, yeah, we that none of that's lost on us because we've both had projects. I mean, we all have that. So have much failure. So much <laughs> failure. Yeah. yeah. So when it's working, you're definitely you're grateful. Yeah. I think if you if you were sort of 19 or something and it just happened to me, everyone I know mm. who knows those artists who were really young when it blew up and they got really successful, they're all a bit crazy. Yeah. They all get a bit jaded and they're all a bit entitled, and it's not their fault because yeah. they were just told they were brilliant from a young age and they expect it to just continue like that but I think we've all had uh, we've been beaten down yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel very of, grounded which is nice yeah. oh 100% yeah. I think yeah. that's yeah. even just like musicians but like anything in life I think I'm like sure those people the same. The sports, oh mate it's exactly the same yeah. 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 yeah those football guys or yeah. anyone who just gets no to be the best I think now you as you said and you guys have been through it but you you, you nearly don't want it to be a smooth trajectory because you don't actually get to appreciate the ups and downs. Yeah, absolutely. And even with your music, those that's maybe when like most of the best shit's created when you're <laughs> like on the low. Yeah. 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 For sure. Last bit on that was when I release like a podcast per se, not that, you know, I'm a band and it's as, 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 as half out <laughs> as you guys. I'm really, I don't know why, I have a really bad habit of like, <laughs> correlating myself with guests that I have nothing to do. It's fine. But yeah. when I like release shows sometimes and like I'll talk about something that – no, I actually forget people listen to this and then yeah. I was like, you talk about something that sort of like, you know, really means a lot to you or you talk about things and so I was like, I listened to that show the other day and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Didn't realise you were listening to that. Like yeah. is that actually – is that like the feeling you get when someone sings it? You're like, oh, it probably wasn't meant for you to listen to that but you're going yeah, to do anyway. a little bit. I mean obviously writing a song you know people are going yeah. to do it, hopefully. But um, – <laughs> No, yeah, I do, I think. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> my, my best, is, oh, my favourite versions of that is when, like, one of my mum's friends. Yes, like, that's she. That's the weird. In the email. Oh. <laughs> to your mum and your mum. my mum and my mum forwards it on and it's, like, <laughs> it's really sweet exclamation marks and stuff. And, and the songs you just. You may or may not have even heard of that friend, yeah. which do you feel bad about? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. But, like, you're stoked that there's so much support coming so from that good. world. Pauline really loves <laughs> yeah. Pauline loves yeah. Yvonne. Yeah, thanks. I really, just, just an aside, I love how supportive all our parents are in this band. <laughs> oh, yeah. When yeah. I showed my dad tranquilize, like, playing through my phone, like, the, the day that we've written it, he was just like, this is it. This is oh. it. <laughs> like, you're going to be yeah. big. Yeah. Like, I've sent it to your uncle. I've sent it to my dad, friend Dad, you David. can't send that yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he like messaged me a few weeks after being like, you know those boys that you wrote that song with? Like, you've got to keep doing it. <laughs> Six months later, he was like, wait, are you trying this musician thing again? I thought you were going to move into marketing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's, he's very supportive. Shout out to all the marketers out there. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of fun being a musician is like off the stage or, or after you finish the show. Because these sets, as you said before, like it hit me. You're playing. Ed with, is nodding. Ed is <laughs> nodding. Ed scared me that night. I'm scared, some, I'm scared for some job stories as well because I feel like this could go anywhere but and we wanted to go anywhere yeah. but you talk about those big concerts that you play like you forget that you know a lot of these times it's your tour you know individually but a lot of them are those you know as you said splendor or i don't know what that one was called in medellin but it yeah, sounded big remember. um calvin harris was there like who were some of the people you've been able to like rub shoulders with like through the through the days um, Dylan Friends, obviously. Miami yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sociable. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, i'm strong yeah yeah um 
You've got, and it, who's you've like, got a you got you come on, man, just drop them. And also, I want you to be like, obviously, we hate Mumford and Sons now. Yeah, I think. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't. Why is there? Did you ever? Did, was there a run in no, with I them? Just or? find their music awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Well, it was not. It was not their fault. But mine. No, I, and that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> you get that one? No. Nice. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There's lots. Calvin Harris first up. That's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, actually, we played with him in before he was the superstar, Calvin Harris. Yeah, right. Back in what's that place in Brisbane called River Stage or whatever? Oh yeah, around like 2011. Or yeah, I think it was. A, maybe he was doing the big day out then. I think I met him then. He was just a dork. Yeah. <laughs> I think he probably still is a little bit, isn't he? I think he's, just a music, he's just a music nerd. I yeah. Think he just loves making. I like that. Music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't really know too many people who know him or anything. I don't know. Franz Ferdinand. Oh, I love those Take Me Out is one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We played a festival. It was us and them. That was in. Maybe there was in Medellin as well. Like a, a few Spending years. a lot of time in Medellin. Yeah, yeah, we were doing Columbia a lot with Miami <laughs> Horror. Yeah. And that was so cool. I really enjoyed I just sort of went back to their backstage room and just went in and just started having wines with them and just chatting because there wasn't many other bands playing. I don't know, heaps of people. Yeah. Lots of, you live in L.A., Mm. For a while, and we've had my like the rest of Miami Horror moved there, and I would go and visit yeah. a lot. And so people just start befriending everyone, and it's not weird to hang out with someone famous or successful yeah. at all. It's just quite normal. What do we end up at Rob Pattinson's house saying? Yeah, I've <laughs> please tell me this story. This is <laughs> I was just watching Josh, Tenet, I was watching Tenet the other night, and yeah, I need right. to hear this story. Yeah, someone was <laughs> what we were with. Bag Raiders or something. They you said you didn't meet anyone, you just drop Bag Raiders in <laughs> well, casually. Just from Sydney, they're just okay. like the same as us. That's not <laughs> yeah, we, they, they love it. They're great. We're all the next big thing. Yeah, but one of, one of our friends was, was was like a director and he was friends with Sean Penn's daughter, Dylan Penn. It's and my she, name. Right, there you go. Are you his daughter? <laughs> Maybe. Um, and she was dating Rob Pattinson, so we'd – been there, we got invited to the party and to get, yet it was in like Mulholland Drive or something like that and you had to go through the gated thing and say the password and the password was his dad's name, Tom Pattinson. <laughs> so <laughs> now like, you can all get what's in. The password? Anyone going to Rob's yeah, house, yeah, Tom Pattinson. Yeah, yeah, so he said Tom Pattinson and we went in and he was super wasted and he, every time he would talk to any of us, he had, he'd sound Australian, then he'd sound American and then he'd sound English. I understand that though. What's that? Like some people you just you well, yeah, pick up what they've got. Yeah, yeah. I He's reckon a, they, I do I that. I guess you like that as an actor, aren't you? Mm. you he was trying to be method. That's what he told yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> he was trying to be method. He yeah. was like, so tell me, guys, what, you know, <laughs> what's, what's, what's it like accent. to be a musician? It, you know, what's like the greatest song? <laughs> it's just this weird thing. Like, oh, dude, shut up. Yeah. Oh, I think I've asked that question today. No, you're, you're, you're fine, but he was just like kind of drunk and swaying around and trying to like, just give it up, mate. Um, but then anyway, so that was that night. But so then a few weeks, uh, maybe it was like a, a week later, yeah, we were at a Bad Graders DJ set in West Hollywood or something and it was like, right, another party back at Rob Pattinson's. So we Ubered back there and I was just Tom Pattinson really, now. Tom like, been snorting heaps of blow. <laughs> so I was just really like – Ready to go. And we just got there. Tom Pattinson, yeah, yeah, let us through. And just got to the door. Like, I'm back. Rob, Rob. Like just banging. <laughs> Rob. And no one came to the door, like ringing the doorbell. I was like, oh, fuck, I'll just open it. 
So I just opened the door and I'm, it was in, just I'm open. in this living room just yelling out, Rob, Rob. <laughs> and no one, no one appears. Poor so I'm Rob. like, oh, let's just, let's just make ourselves at home. Everyone will be, everyone will be here shortly. So we get in the hot tub. We've got a bottle of his tequila doing lines oh. like off the side oh of the hot God. tub. And then about an hour goes past. It's five in the morning. We're like, no one's here. We've just <laughs> broken and entered into Rob Pattinson's house, basically. Like, shit, we better get out before anyone, before anyone's find us. So we just go into the fridge, grab a few bottles of champagne and t- take some of his booze and then just cruised off. And I haven't seen him since. <laughs> that is honestly one of the best stories I've ever heard. I don't think we can really top that, to be honest. No. No. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Well, that's all to come. Mm, soon. Mm. Is it, would you guys move to LA? Would you do that? Is that like, is that a thing that actually, you know, you hear that as an outsider perspective, but is that a thing when you get big, you, you need to be in LA, you need to be surrounded by all these artists and, and play gigs? I don't gigs. think you need, I don't think yeah, you have I don't think to. We, yeah. I don't think we'd need to. Yeah. Because yeah. we're so like, we just do it ourselves. Um, I, I have, I lived in LA for a year and I loved it. I don't know, I'm pretty open to living wherever I need to live to yeah. do the things I want to do. It is yeah. fun yeah. over there. But Melbourne's also pretty sick. Yeah. A nice pace. Yeah. It's yeah. like you've got artists, but you've also just got other people. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, and yeah, not everyone's like crazily working till like 12 every night. Yeah. And I don't know. And then partying and then going to the gym at 4 a.m. And then I don't know. So like <laughs> LA was like, whoa. Yeah. Everybody's just trying to cram in as much as possible. In the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ed, I know you're... Like we could probably talk about a lot of stories for days. You look so excited. Yeah. Danny, like talk us through some times, I suppose, where you've had some good times, if that makes <laughs> sense. Um, is there anything stand out, you know, through your, your career of, of, of getting backstage, doing these things? Or only some can dream of doing, really. <laughs> I, I, think, I think like the, the big festivals and stuff that you play um, with like, yeah, I suppose like Slum would – kind of misbehave you know, <laughs> backstage and like all my dipshit mates would get like their access all areas, um, lanyards and just abuse <laughs> abuse the privilege like, badly. Yeah. And just security coming up to like management and stuff and being like, you have to get all of those blokes in line right now. It's like, <laughs> mate, if you can't do it, like I'm going to, yeah. um, but yeah, nothing that, nothing that comes to mind. I think like probably the last, some sociable tour that we did was um, a little bit too too wild on the party. Yeah, um, yeah, didn't do like much sleeping at all. And I think okay. like probably the last show that we ever I didn't do sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because like you you build up like friends in different um, towns, or yeah. towns, 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 yeah. states. You know, yeah. so you get to you get to Perth. You got you you know your Perth crew now that you've seen like three or four times in a row, and so they want to party with you. And then it's like you know six a.m. and you have to get the flight, and then you're in Adelaide, and you got your people there, and then you're in Melbourne, and like th- there's no chance you're getting away with it wow. in Melbourne. And it's just like all of a sudden you, there are photos surfacing from you on stage, and you're like. Wow, I look so absolute like I look like a lizard or something. <laughs> you know, like a sleep deprived lizard. You do look like a lizard when you've been partying too. Yeah. I've been, I think I've been called a lizard before as well. Yeah. Just yeah, like naturally. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that so but there's less of that with this band, I think. Yeah. Because I'm an angel. Because Andrew's an angel. Josh has been 
Yeah, sober I stopped, for a fair while. I stopped everything for five years. Nice. I completely went sober. Yeah. Then I've had a year on and now I'm back you off. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to come down again. Yeah. 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 It's just too, too exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Oh, man, I have three beers and I'm like, I have like three weeks off. I literally, yeah. yeah. It gets hard, yeah. eh? That's my big thing for probably not joining Talanova and not that you invited me in, but I just don't <laughs> think that I could like keep up with keep the party. Up, man. Like, it's big. Yeah. But it, just on that though, like you do have this idea of when you're in a band that it is like rock, like rock and roll, you know, like Mick Jaggy, like, you know, party, sleep, no sleeping, party. But like- mm. It does sound like you guys are actually hustlers, like you're working, like it's it's a strict schedule. It's like bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you got to. You yeah. definitely have to work. Yeah. There's lots of work to be mm. done, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, and got- I think probably for us that the work side's way more fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because the work side's so fun. Like yeah. I'm like, that's right, I'll just go to sleep and then tomorrow we'll get to work again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we, yeah, that's how I yeah. think as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where, do you, where do you record out of? Is, have you got your own place? Is there a we studio here in Melbourne? We home studio for a lot of things, but then there's a studio in South Melbourne, the, yeah. base, the base studios it's called, which cool. we've been doing our recording at. They're mm. great. Nice. So we're here now. What's the date today, Sam? 10th, 11th, 11th of May, 2021. Exciting time. I was yeah. on early. Listen to that. What's next? What's the six-month plan for, for Talanova? Um, and please talk. So oh, we've got man. the EP. We need, to, we need to decide on the date of this. Because yeah, it's early July. Early July. But, it, but the thing is it might get pushed if, I don't know. If, if it does, it does. Time, but so. yeah. yeah, but it's done. It's ready to go. Yeah. And yeah. before as well, I asked this off camera and felt really silly because Josh looked at me like, want to headbutt me. <laughs> Difference between an EP and an album is no, a shorter. Yeah, yeah. Totally. It's a fair question. question. I don't think anyone knows that. I actually don't know. So it started when vinyl were just singles back in what, like the 40s and 50s. Mm. It was just a single. And then when they made them longer, they became extended plays. So they'd have like four or five songs on them. And then it became long play eventually, which is an LP. So EP is just like extended play, which is like four or five songs. Yeah. And then an album's like, I don't know, 10, 11. Yeah. Yeah. So with the album, because I, again, this is, a strange question, but people, I've heard like bands and artists say before, like, oh, you know, we released this song, I wrote it four years ago, mm. but I held on to it for this long. And I'm like, how <laughs> the fuck could you do that? Like, if you've got a, so yeah. have you got music that you, you might not make this EP or this album, yeah. but you will maybe try and master it for another song or release it at a time that suits? Yeah. I mean, we write music pretty quick, so we do have a lot of music, but I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a thing of us being like, oh, this song's just too special. I'm just going to hold on to it for yeah. five years. Like, it's just like, well, we can't put out every song put out 40 on the songs. same day. Yeah. yeah. And also I guess with time you sort of get a, a better understanding of like which ones, which ones did you just like in the moment and which ones actually like, no, this has some, it's longstanding. Yeah. Kinda. Um, but you're, yeah. You're always sort of a year or so ahead of yourself yeah. though because of the release schedule of everything. So these yeah. songs we finished about a year ago. Yes. And so then they'll be coming out in a few months' time. Is that weird? When you release something and you're like, I've it done is, this it a is year. It's sort of funny, yeah. It's like a piece of chewing gum that's yeah. like the flavor. <laughs> funny, yeah, <laughs> like, it's funny when like, <laughs> I mean, it gives it like a new life sort of thing, which yeah. is really fun. It's like as soon as now now people know Bones and like now it's out in the world, it feels really fresh. Whereas yeah. it, you know, felt kind of old before it had come out. But um, I find it really weird when people are like, oh, what's this song about? Or like, what, you know, what were you feeling when you wrote this song? I'm like, crap. I need to start keeping a diary of like. Oh, what? yeah. Yeah, like yeah. you've written 40 and it's, yeah, it's hard to remember exactly what feeling you were tapping into at that time. Um, but, yeah, next six months, so EP coming out, we'll 
we're doing a tour. Like, a, am I allowed to say that? Yeah, we're doing a national tour. Say that. Yeah. Please, please do. In August or September. So that's maybe, national luck like, around Australia. Yeah, we weren't, we weren't playing means. in every single yeah. city, obviously, yeah. but just hitting some key ones. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully we'll be recording the album sometime in the next six months. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. We'll def- yeah, yeah. Let's. We are going to. Yeah, like we that. want to. Yeah, we need to. Yeah. Favorite song um, on the EP? Can you name? Is it? Ooh. Is it Bones? Is it Tranquilizer? Is there something else on there that you guys are passionate about? Uh, for me, it's um, probably Blue Valentine. Yeah. Which is pro- ne- maybe going to be a single. Or yeah. Something, yeah. Yeah. It's coming out after. Yeah. Yeah. She is. So that'll be like on the EP. Yeah, it's yeah. On the EP. Yeah. I always yeah. like that one as well. Yeah. yeah it's really good. It's really fun to play live. And, yeah. Um, that and Bones are my yeah. favourites yeah. of the EP, I reckon. Through this, you'll be going in, getting released, the EP release date. You're going to record the album, mm-hmm. hopefully some tours. Um, I get really weird on this. I'm a big universe man. I love putting things out into the universe. Like, oh, I love okay. like capital U universe. Yes, I think. I think we're on the same page, but I th- I'm doing like <laughs> yeah, when, yeah. yeah, like I like just thinking things, getting there. Yeah. Ideally, in your heads, like where do you see, like what is success to you? What is Talanova? How, where do you want it to be? Strong fucking name, by the way. I forgot to mention that oh, earlier. Yeah, I love the name. It was a dream, didn't it? Yeah. It came to me in a Did dream. Did it really? The universe. Because you've all got, I'm not just saying, but you've all got really cool names. Like some show, that's a really cool name. I have a that very cool, cool name. They are cool names. But tell, Talanova is strong. Mm. It's like one word. Mm. It's like a Tal- metal band. Nova. Yeah. Right? It you, sounds yeah. like a You're death like, metal band. Is, yeah. is it a bit too prog though? Yeah. That's yeah. what yeah. I said when we first came out. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool name. I forgot what my question was before that. Oh, yeah. Universe. universe. Yeah. Uh, what is success? Do you like universe? Do you like the, do you do that? The universe thing. I'm a Christian. She's God. So yeah. He's capital. capital yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's a similar, like, you know, I don't want to get into religion now, but it's a similar thing. Like, it's <laughs> this is a fake believing in the universe, podcast. believing in. Yeah. This, yeah. This, there's less rules with the universe. Yeah. That's true. There's more, more interpretation. It's, 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 it's a little bit easier. Around. You don't feel as bad when you... Yeah. yeah, yeah. When you're <laughs> that's, why, that's why it's so popular. Yeah. 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 It's real loose. Real loose. Yeah. Um, anyway, so back to the question. Have you got... What's your biggest goal? Like what, what's success to mm. you in terms of Telenova? Yeah, I mean... Honestly, or is it... Sorry, yeah. I'm cutting off 16 times here, but oh, is it even... With the question, I'm meaning, is it successes in being a massive band or is excesses in just like being happy, creating good music yeah. and having a lifestyle out of something. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Honestly, like, I mean, obviously in terms of goals, like I'd, I'd love to do a tour around Europe. Like yeah. I'd love to be able to go to Paris and Berlin and there'd be people that care about us there. Cause there will be. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, but in terms of what success looks like, yeah, honestly, like I, I feel like we're already there. I just, the fact that I can be in a band and make music that I actually believe in and have a strong team of people and, that, uh, you know, that there's a growing audience for it and that I, yeah, that's... You want to be able to buy a house from music. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. That's, mm, that's make a, make a living from it yeah. and not yeah. just yeah. break a nice, even. A nice house. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a dream of that's mine. Success. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you, I mean, I've seen what Miami Horror has been able to do playing a lot of places in the world. I know that we can definitely do it and I think we could be even bigger because we'll probably turn up more. And <laughs> yeah. Well, because there's, there's more people in Miami Horror. It's a real running theme yeah. with yeah. both of you. Like, no, it's not. And I feel like you're really holding the group together. And the other horror, the sort of main horror, doesn't really like touring that much. Doesn't really the enjoy playing horror. live. Yeah, that right. Much. So we're, we would be all more into it. Yeah. And, and it's just easier with three of us at this point. Yeah. There was just more things to navigate with mm. that. Miami Horror being way more of a live thing as well. So I just, yeah. Play, go to Paris, play to a thousand people, go yeah. to yeah. London, go to all places, other places in Europe. 
do it across America and do that every second year for yeah. four or five months. Then you yeah. have a bit of a year off, work on some more music, do it again, put a record out every two years, do that for 10 years. Sick. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you're, then you're sorted. Then yeah. you've like cemented your place. That's the universe. The, yeah. yeah, like yeah. that. It can be done. Yeah. Seen it. Ed? Yeah, that sums it up pretty well. Yeah. No, no it does. Oh, not a cop out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, play in front of 10,000 yeah. in London yeah, and Paris. Yeah, you get to do that as yeah, well. I think, I th- yeah, I think that would probably be it. Like just touring around and like budgets getting bigger and yeah. Yeah. stage shows getting really cool and and yeah, just yeah, creating music. You see music. all your friends around the world. You get to eat lots of nice places. You yeah. get to visit cool things. You yeah. make new friends. It's, oh. a, it's such a great lifestyle yeah. if you can – and you can do it healthily as well. It doesn't need to be all six drugs and rock and roll. Yes. Six. <laughs> there was an interview with Josh Army from Queens of the Stone Age and this Kiwi woman was like, so tell us, Josh, is it all six drugs and rock and roll? I swear it was more than six drugs. <laughs> so good. Fuck, he's cool. Oh, guys, um, it's honestly been a pleasure to, to have you in today. I do really feel privileged to to be one of, you, one of the first – is this one of the first? Ash, this is the first Holy podcast fuck. we've done. Mm. Woo! Wow, this yeah, is yeah. cool. This could re- this could be an NFT for yeah, us. Oh, okay, let's like <laughs> NFT this shit because if people listen, then we're all just like rolling. In it. Yeah. And if you want, when we tour, I can come. <laughs> when I'll we be, tour, you've already. I'll be early. I promise, man. I will not fuck this up. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. I'm looking at someone's fault. Who it was? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who was it? Who was it? Um, but no, all honestly, like, yeah. Thanks so much for coming in. Um. And and it'll be fantastic. Let's just quickly talk about the the concert that's coming up. When is this? Like, when does oh, the tour dates come out? Uh, they'll come out in the next month. I don't okay. know if you follow us on Instagram. That's yeah. Really well, we're gonna have the Instagram, yeah. um, the EP, the tour dates, fucking merch. Sick. Yeah, Rob Patterson t-shirts. and Tom Patterson's code at his front door yeah. to get in. Um, yeah, all the information in in the show notes. So this is gonna be really good. And to wrap it up, I'm very excited to take you out to this tune, comedian. Could be your 
Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. If you like the show, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, leave a review, or even share with your friends. The show is produced by myself and Sam Bonza. Damon Jackman from Creative Edge Films is responsible for audio and visual production. The show is recorded at the Dylan Friends Studio in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to get in touch or suggest a guest or advertise with the Dylan Friends Podcast, please email us at inquiries at dylanfriends.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.